Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to this Boxing Day edition of Speaking from Our Hearts. Today, I'm joined by a lady from the UK, a lady by the name of Andrea Gardner, who's a Hay House author and speaker. Andrea, a very, very warm welcome to you at this festive time of year. Thank you, Paul. Lovely to be here. And um, our chosen topic, we, we spoke about this a little bit off air, um, Andrea, is the power of words. Mm-hmm. Yes, one of my pet passions. <laughs> yeah. Start us off on the journey, Andrea, if you will. Yes, of course. Um, I need to sort of tell you a little bit about my story, if that's okay. Um, it started really uh, when I moved to Scotland, which was 20 years ago. And I moved from the south coast of England and things hadn't been quite so good. I'd had a career that was in communications, but I was kind of looking in the mirror every morning and thinking... Mm, not sure who that person is looking back at me. I'm sure lots of your listeners will have had that experience. And I'd kind of become the mask that I'd been asked to wear in my professional life. So I was reading lots of uh, personal psychology books at the time and trying out different techniques. And I thought, okay, I need to to try manifesting. You know, let's, let's have a go at manifesting. And one of the keys to manifesting is a being able to visualize and b is using affirmations to bring those those visualizations into being so i decided first of all on a purple feather the purple feather was something that wasn't going to show up very often in my life i thought if a purple feather shows up within one week exactly then i'll change my life and i'll follow my heart and i'll move to scotland and become a writer and a healer and all the things that I'd wanted to to do in my life but hadn't had the courage to do until that point. So, yeah, I started looking around for purple feathers, not expecting to see any. And, and a week to the, almost to the minute, actually, a week after I'd made that promise to myself, I looked across the room and was thinking to myself, oh, that purple feather never showed up. Oh, well, never mind. And as I looked across the room, there it was, a purple feather balanced on the windowsill of my my mom's room where I was drying my hair. And I kind of stopped breathing for a moment, thinking, that's it, I've made a commitment to the universe, I'm going to have to do something. So uh, I took that very seriously, and I moved to Scotland. And as a result of seeing that purple feather, I, I started my own business, writing, and and I became a healer, studied to be a healer. So all the things that I'd promised myself in that, that one week actually started to, to come to fruition. But I was using affirmations every day. I was, I was reminding myself that when we have a thought and we back that up with words, spoken words, then, and write those thoughts down, they have a habit of coming true. <laughs> so that was my first experience, really, of using words and images 
to bring something to life that was within was it within my heart i guess um and i continued on this path of understanding more and more about affirmations and the power of your words and as a result of that um we started uh, another business my husband and i started a another business of our own um which was helping people to outpicture their their dreams in video forms and in in books unfortunately that business didn't do too well <laughs> and i found myself revisiting the same old thoughts that i'd been having those years previously about not being worthy enough not being good enough to succeed at what i wanted to do i'm sure that's a you know that's a common experience for so many people we play out those old stories in our heads don't we and you know we we start believing them if if they become too much of a feature in our minds um yeah. so things weren't again going so well and we actually lost our home uh we lost our business we lost our home and pretty much all of our belongings and most of our self esteem and we were taken in by my sister-in-law who was living in a very cold very outdated um little cottage in the middle of this very run-down country estate in Scotland and she let her moved into her spare room with her son so that we could have her room and we were only meant to be there for a couple of months or a couple of weeks really until we found something else but we were really desperate and um she was really kind so we moved there and after 3 months of us being there in this very cramped house um she kindly asked us to leave <laughs> and we had nowhere to go so this was an interesting situation <laughs> and the cottage was very as i said very cold we didn't really have any any heating as such we just used an open fire to keep warm so every day while we would been living there it was my job to go out and collect the firewood and i would walk up the lane of this country estate and go out into the woods and with a rucksack on my back and just pick up sticks and twigs and branches and anything i could find to take back to the fire and one day i on this particular day i'd seen this enormous tree and she kind of exploded out of the ground this big beech tree we call her mama beech and having been an executive and a senior executive and you know a business person with what i thought was a logical mind i was quite surprised when there was a voice in my head <laughs> and it felt as though the tree was talking to me okay i thought i've sunk to a new level here this is <laughs> i can't tell any of my friends about this this is crazy stuff um but i trusted it trusted that intuition and the voice said to me come to me and write out your ideal life okay so i always have a notebook with me aspiring writer wanted to to uh to write a book one day so i had this this notebook with me and i went across to the beech tree sat with my back against her trunk and wrote for probably 
best part of an hour, I think. I filled up this notebook anyway with, with all the things I wanted to achieve. And she prompted me to, to write in the present tense. It was very important that it was in the present tense and writing this story as if it was already in existence. So I wrote about living in a beautiful place in natural surroundings, having a home where people could come and relax, friends and family. And I even had a little vision of all these, this big long hallway with all these little welly boots and shoes and jackets and all the boots with different sizes and they were all kind of lined up in size order. And I just had this, this very strong vision of that picture. But it didn't make any sense to me because I didn't know of anywhere like that. So all of this was written in the notebook and I wanted to um, have a healing and writing business that I could operate from home. And all these, all these dreams were put into present tense in the story in the notebook. And then I, true to form, I kind of lost that notebook. <laughs> um, didn't know where it had gone, but I knew I'd written everything down. So, so that was fine. Anyway, so this had been during my travels of collecting firewood every day and getting to know the woods and, and this amazing tree. And on the day that my sister-in-law asked me to ask us to leave, uh, my husband actually went back to bed and threw the duvet over his head because he couldn't really uh, he couldn't really deal with much more. But I was determined I was going to make something positive come from this situation. So. I threw on my rucksack, I went out into the woods, went for a little walk and I was, a car pulled up alongside me and the window wound down and this lovely lady um, who owned the estate started talking to me. She said, oh, darling, darling, she said, you look, you look very upset. Come and have a chat. She's very frightfully well-spoken. <laughs> so she drove me to her house. And we sat by the Argo and she made me a nice frothy coffee and we chatted and she, um, she was just asking about what had been going on with us and she knew some of the story already. Um, but I told her about this experience with the tree and how I'd written everything down and then lost the notebook and, and she just looked at me with her head on one side and um, she said, mm -hmm. okay. So why don't you come with me? She said, I have some errands to run. Jump in the car, come with me and uh, keep talking. So that's what we did. And we drove to, through the estate to the, the main house. Now this is a, a huge mansion um, that was disused and they were starting to renovate it. So it had the main keep, which was built in 1105, I think. And then the, the house had been added onto through the ages and there was an east wing and the east wing was on four floors. So she took me into the house and she was running errands. I wasn't really paying much attention. So I was still chatting away and um, telling her our stories and um, trying to make sense of everything. And we walked all the way from the kitchen, all the way up to the top floor and back down again. And I was still talking. And this lovely lady has, whose name is Lina, turned to me and she said, darling, why would you like to live here? <laughs> and in all my talking, I hadn't noticed that the, the place was virtually empty. There were a few sort of bits of furniture, 
great big wooden chest which looked like a Harry Potter with a Harry Potter key in it um, and but very little else and she said well you know you come and live here and I couldn't believe it you know I felt like fairy dust had been shaken over me so uh, so I said well I'd love to live here <laughs> but you know our situation you know it's impossible for us to live here and she said no I don't use that word don't use the word impossible she said um I know that you've written down your dreams. So when you have, when you've written something, it comes true, especially if you've written it in the present, present tense. <laughs> I'm sure she'd been listening to my conversation with the tree, but <laughs> mm. um, so she said, why don't you go back and speak to your husband and find out what you can afford and see, you know, we'll put it to the trust and we'll see. So that's exactly what I did. Ran back, jumped on the bed, said to my husband, said, we're going to live in a castle. <laughs> we're going to live in a, in a mansion. And I don't think he could quite believe it. Um, so over the course of the next few weeks, we put together a little budget. We didn't really have very much at all. And then a friend of ours who was also looking for somewhere to live came in with us. And together we were able to, to put something to the trust and they accepted it. So within a month, I think, of that conversation, um, we were living in the east wing of this mansion house, this castle in Scotland, and, you know, living like millionaires. And it was the moment, about a month after that, I remember looking down the hallway. Sorry, it must have been a couple of months after that. Looking down the hallway, and we'd had friends and family to stay, just as I'd envisaged. And as I looked down the hallway, I, I realized that the boots were exactly the same as the ones I'd seen in my vision and the coats, you know, and that exactly that picture was, was there in my hallway. So that was the moment, I think, when I realized that, wow, you know, the, the power of your words and the power of intention and visualization can really create miracles. So we lived in the, in the castle for nine, nearly 10 years. Um, altogether, it was an amazing part of our lives. So that's that's a bit of background. That's <laughs> for me. That sort of was evidence of of the power of words in in my life. Wow, <laughs> um, I don't know. Where it, you gave so many angles to to sort of to come in on that, um, Andrea. One of them that I've I've uh, highlighted in bold: not worthy enough. Mm -hmm. And I know you you flagged that up quite rightly about isn't that um, a fear that all of us as human beings carry? Yes, yes. Not good enough, isn't um, it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's almost like it's in our DNA from birth for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, part of our humanistic makeup, if you will. Yeah. And doesn't that take some shifting? Doesn't it just? I'm actually writing about this at the moment. This is uh, this is one of my next books that's coming out. I'm talking about enough, that sense mm. that we have. You know, we really, I think, first of all, it shows up as there is not enough. You know, we start noticing all the things we don't have in our lives and the lack of time, the lack of money, the lack of energy, the lack of resources, whatever it is, it comes into our awareness as there's a lack somewhere. And then mm. quite possibly we'll move on to, well, 
you know, if there is not enough, you're not enough. So you start looking at everybody around you and, you know, entering into the blame culture. Well, it's because you're not enough of this or you're not giving me enough. To, you know, it's, it tends to, to roll on from there. As soon as we start noticing lack, we notice it in other people. And then yeah. I think if we have if we have some self-awareness or if we're brave enough, we then can go to that place where we recognize that underneath all of these thoughts is that one that you've just pulled out. I am not enough. And that mm. feels like a very um, sad place to be. You know, it can, it can feel very daunting to be there, but I think that's an opportunity, you know, and I, th I think it's true on our own. I don't think we are enough. You know, we we need other people and we need spirit to be part of our lives to fulfill our potential. So I think it's actually a turning point for a lot of people, you know, when you can get to that place of complete vulnerability and um, that, that sense that, you know, every, you're at rock bottom, really. Um, it's a great opportunity then to recognize that, you know, the only way is up <laughs> and that together um with other people and with spirit in our lives then we are more than enough you know we, we we're born with enough it's just a it's just an understanding it's a, it's a filtering problem if you like we don't recognize yeah again andrea um i mean absolutely agree with what you've just said more than agree but please allow me to elaborate on that please do and this the statement you've made on our own we're not good enough and that is massively, wholeheartedly, what I embrace. And and part of the simplistic, or one of the simplistic analogies I use, and I hope it's simplistic, certainly the feedback I receive, mm -hmm. that if we imagine ourselves as a mobile phone, mm -hmm. um, the modern day mobile is a mini computer. It's an amazing thing. It's a, it's an electronic brain, isn't it? It does all these wonderful things. It allows us to communicate. Um, it's amazing. Mm. And it's so powerful. You could call it, you could call it a person. Yeah. Mobile phone person. Mm -hmm. And, but on its own, it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is this, that on its own, so I could call you now, Andrea, mobile to mobile, we could have a conversation, we could talk, great, we could talk for an hour, maybe, depending on where the battery levels are on your phone, on my phone, mm -hmm. great. But sooner or later, one of those batteries in one of those phones is going to die. Mm -hmm. And so that person, by definition, call it a mobile, call it a person, if that person hasn't got something else to sustain it, mm -hmm. and in the case of a mobile phone, that would be external power to recharge the battery, yeah. isn't the same principle for us as, as human beings. If we haven't got source to re-energize us, guide us, call it what you will, we're gonna, we're gonna stay flat and lifeless yeah. as, as just as a mobile phone would. And I think there's a great insight there for us to remind ourselves that whoever we think we are, actually, we're not. Because <laughs> once we plug into source in that most intimate of relationships, and that is going to be so different for all of us. And, you know, I, I personally never, ever go there on any conversation because I think it is the ultimate intimate relationship, mm -hmm. even above a physical one. Mm -hmm. Um of that source and 
you know, to to give another slant on that, Andrea, which I think is quite aligned with your example of accommodation, mm-hmm. what you spoke around there, is this not good enough? I am not good enough. I've actually got a name for my I am not good enough part mm. of who I am. Mm-hmm. And his name's Shufflefoot. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> because he shuffles his feet along in victim mode. Poor old me. Why is it always me? Oh, oh that's great. <laughs> and that and that was certainly me for decades. Yeah. Andrea, and I know from the work that I've done with a lot of people, we have that, dare I say, that human side of us, that, mm-hmm. and for me, and I'm, I'm going to take ownership of my own story here and say, that victim mode that I was in, mm-hmm. and shuffle foot, you know, shoulders slouch, head looking down the floor, feet dragging on the floor, shuffling along. <laughs> what I've realised by attaching and creating a beautiful intimate relationship with source mm-hmm. actually that other version of me is is a roommate it's a roommate of my castle that i truly am the bigger me the mm-hmm. higher self call it what you will the true version of who i am which is its most purest form mm-hmm. is peace love and happiness mm-hmm. and managing to live in that space for some time but then getting almost dragged back into shufflefoot territory if you will Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is is a constant i wouldn't say battle Mm -hmm. but it's a constant level of awareness i feel that we all need so i just thought it struck a real resonance there andrea when you was talking about accommodation because in terms of how to break free from this and I'll, you know, I'll attribute the word to my own journey, victimhood, mm-hmm. that sometimes we can get trapped in when the chips are down. Yeah. It's just that simple understanding. Okay, these circumstances are happening, but I've got a massive choice in terms of which, which room I want to stay in. Yeah. I can stay in accommodation with shuffle foot or I can go and live with my higher self. <laughs> That's great. That's a lovely way to look at it. I'm, I'm going to remember that one next time I, I'm ambushed (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so moving on from the power of of the words slightly off to to the different tangent Mm. um, andrea you do you do some work around tree planting for want of a very simple um intro absolutely yes thanks for thanks for reminding me of that um yes my um my love of trees um has been borne out in some of the work that i'm doing so uh, there's a fantastic organization based in denmark uh, but they have a global reach and they are called the growing trees network foundation they are changing the world tree by tree. They are planting, um, they have a, a, a mission to plant a billion, 10 billion trees within the next 30 years or hopefully before. Big vision, big mission. Um, they've been on Danish TV and had a telethon recently. And as a result of that, they've, they've had enough um, donations to plant a million trees already in Denmark and Uganda, and they're looking for other projects around the world. They're still looking for donations. So um, am I allowed to give a little plug for a a website? Absolutely, absolutely. That would be fantastic. It's called Growing Trees 
dk so dk is obviously for denmark but there is you can translate it into an english version so they're still accepting donations on their website they're doing fantastic work they're not just planting trees they're improving the lives of of people who live with uh, within these little villages and improving education for young people um, looking at the infrastructure of entire communities and really making a difference on the ground so yeah that i have a a real passion for the work that they're doing. Genuinely lovely people. And give that some context, Andrea, if mm. you will, in terms of, and I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, if I may, as, sure. you know, as storytellers, as, as <laughs> people around the tribal fire talking and eating and, and making merry, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and the devil's advocate angle I'm going to play is, Andrea, that's all very nice, but my world's falling apart why should i bother about trees mm, yeah well trees <laughs> trees are known as the lungs of the universe so you know they're ca capturing carbon they're um they're helping us they're, they're so generous um trees in in how they serve us um as planetary beings that without them we can't survive um so yes it doesn't take much to you know to donate to a cause that's you don't even have to plant a tree yourself <laughs> it takes a couple of minutes to do it um but yeah and trees are trees are vital to our existence and they're also you know great communicators as i found found out myself so yeah <laughs> the rationale for asking that question really and, and it's kind of one that um, i mean as you know from our from our off-air talks it's something that uh, speaking from our hearts is looking to get involved um, with yeah. And so from answering my own question, Andrea, um, for people, and that's that has been put to me uh, two or three times, my answer is very simple. Mm -hmm. It's scientifically proven that part of our healing journey, no matter where we are on that path, mm -hmm. is I think Tony Robbins classes it as um, the highest human need is contribution. Yes to focus on something other than ourselves that higher that mm -hmm. something other than us rather than that internal navel gazing poor old me victimhood that i've certainly uh, already alluded to and yeah. take responsibility for yeah. so that's that's one of the things but also the oxygen provision as you call it the lungs um but you know sustaining our planet because i think it's fair to say and i'm certainly not an expert in in eco matters mm -hmm. but i think we're living in quite precarious times in terms of mother earth and the way she's been abused we over time are. yes we and, indeed we are mm -hmm. you know so there's this kind of whole how can i put this yes the chips might be down for you at the moment and mm. i stress at the moment for where you are because of whatever challenge is going off but as part of, as somebody that's in the accommodation, if we can use that line again, mm. you're living in this big, wonderful place called Earth. Tidy your room up a bit, will you? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Keep it clean. Yeah, I think, um, as you just said, you know, when you, when you give, when you contribute, it's as if you notice what you have to give on the way out. You know, when you're giving it, it has mm. to come up through your heart. And you notice then what you have to give. Um, but without doing that, you don't really notice all the abundance that you actually have in your life. Absolutely.
By way of drawing to a close, Andre, I want to ask you a really big question mm. um, to celebrate this. Well, it's not just to celebrate this festive period, um, because I always kind of adopt this approach anyway. But before I ask you that big closing question, um, I just want to ask you really to share your contact details, how people can find out more about you, your company, whatever. Yeah. Just share some contact details, really. Of course, yeah. I have a Facebook page um, called Love the Power of Words. So that's probably the best way to, to find me. Have a look for that. There's also a website, andreagardner.co.uk, but uh, unfortunately it hasn't been updated for a while, so it's probably quite embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so then, by uh, by way of bringing things to a close, the big question, Andrea, mm -hmm. the big question. Imagine we're getting in a lift together as strangers and there's an introduction. Hello, Paul, Andrea, uh, pleasantries. Mm -hmm. And we're going up to the next level. It's the typical elevator pitch scenario, 30 seconds. And, and this strange guy called Paul says to you, tell me, Andrea, what would be your most important life lesson to leave yeah. as a legacy for the planet? What would that be? <laughs> it's very, very simple. Be kind. That's, that's my mantra. Be kind. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Be kind to the world. Just be kind. It's, uh, I've read so much literature, spiritual literature, had loads of experiences, but it really boils down to that. <laughs> Just be kind. And it isn't isn't that I mean there's a there's a story in those words, those very simple but powerful words. Um, the power of words. It's a kind it's become a almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, hasn't it, Andrea? This this podcast conversation it this dance. Has, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> We've had a journey together. <laughs> We've had a journey together. And on that uh, happy festive note, Andrea, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Bless you. Thanks, Paul. And so there we have it, listeners, whether it's Christmas, whether it's New Year, the 13th of February, the 14th of March, whatever the date is, is kind of irrelevant. But I'm going to sign off, as, as I always do, by saying, no matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success. <laughs>